Welcome, boils and ghouls, to Handle Whiskair. We are a horror podcast presented by the Slashing Cast Network, discussing horror movies and the phobias they emphasize. Tonight, we are wrapping up the month as we have highlighted Asian cinema across the board as we have taken a closer look at some phasmophobia films, which is the fear of the supernatural. And tonight, we are going to be talking about one of the most bizarre acid trip movies that has probably ever been released, uh, not just in Asian cinema, but just across the globe with Haosu released in 1977, directed by Nobuhiko Abayashi. And, you know, this this movie is so crazy that we had to bring people on that are just as crazy as this movie, just to smooth <laughs> things out, which is fantastic because we have not one, not two, but four people on the podcast tonight, and I cannot wait. So first up, from our good friends over at the Murder Moose podcast, we have Rod. Rod, thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you for having me, guys. You guys are always entertaining, and I really, really appreciate your, like, your very, like, you know, unique. The, the phobia thing is cool because I've said before, man, there are way too many horror podcasts that are just, like, doing classics, every mm -hmm. like, only classics for everything, and it's like... One of the things we try to do on Murder Moose is try to do like more variety and out there stuff. I mean, we we hit normal stuff too, but like <laughs> you guys do it, and like you guys are hitting like the Japanese. You're talking about Japanese cinema and all the things you guys are doing. So I, I enjoy you guys a lot. So it's uh it's good to be here. And I mean, you and you and I have been buddies for like coming up on three years mm -hmm. at this point. So it's like we've known each other for a long time. So it's it's good to record again. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I think tonight's feature was a perfect opportunity to have you on, too, just because, you know, this is a movie that you would typically cover on your show, and it's something that's yeah. just so off the beaten path that it's a very easy conversation starter uh, to have. And, you know, what what better way to cap off the month with the most strange thing that we could come out with? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we also have another guest. So, Holly, you actually brought a friend on uh, tonight. So why don't you go ahead and introduce who we have here? I did. This is John. John and I uh, play in a band together. He's a, <laughs> he's a whiz on the bass. And also, he's a huge horror fan. So I'm really excited to have him on and, and talk a little bit about uh, all these great movies that we've been watching. Additionally, he's he's my go-to guy for uh, <laughs> movies that are, are not easy to find. Okay. This is the guy. <laughs> well, that's, that's good to know. So, John, I have to ask you, have you ever been attacked by your bass? Well, <laughs> only on stage. <laughs> no, I suppose not. But uh, I'm not even sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think they caught him off guard a little bit. Uh -huh. <laughs> me up. I'm not sure what that is a reference to. <laughs> So you play the bass, and uh, so maybe a haunted bass. Uh, I mean, you know, we've seen you never, you never know. I, yeah. I suppose if we're talking about the movie <laughs> on hand, being attacked by my bass and swallowed and chewed up and your having fingers blood kicking fly off everywhere, then I suppose yes. Now I, <laughs> now perfect, I do. Yes, it has happened. <laughs> yeah. None of, nothing that happens tonight is going to be a, like a streamlined series of thoughts because no. th this I've never seen a movie and I've watched a lot of movies where I'm like, there is zero chance that the people making this were on large amounts of drugs. I mean, Wait, and it's I just wanted to say that we should kick this off by saying that this movie wasn't this movie written by a 13 year old. <laughs> 
Yes. A lot of the sequences were actually by the director's daughter. Uh, but to to basically summarize the, the plot, uh, basically you have a schoolgirl and six of her classmates uh, who are traveling to her aunt's country home, which turns out to be haunted. Uh, so in this movie, you know, we, we have all these schoolgirls. Each of them have... Uh, Names that are defined by their characteristics of their character, uh, very akin to like what we saw from like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. So you have Gorgeous, who is the pretty one out of the bunch. Uh, you have Prof, for Professor, the brains of the bunch. Uh, you also have Kung Fu, uh, aka the fighter and always the one who's running headfirst into danger at all times. Uh, you have Fantasy, who is the daydreamer of the group. Uh, you have Sweet, who is the more homely, down-to-earth girl. Uh, Melody, who's the musically inclined. And then you have Mac, uh, shortened for stomach, uh, who is always hungry. And, you know, like, <laughs> I, I, I love the fact that, you know, this movie right out of the gate uh, is, you know, trying to, like, put words to this movie is really interesting because how Sue immediately breaks the fourth wall. You know, you basically have, like, this yellow submarine-esque oddity voyage chock full of, like, these ultra-cinematic unrealities that really take you out of uh, reality in the sense that, you know, you have these hand-painted skies, you have the pastel colors in the background with the pallids, uh, you have, like, this hyperactive editing throughout the entirety of the movie, and then, you know, you tack on all the visual effects and you basically got like this recipe for this horror fantasy that is really unlike any other movie. And of course, as you mentioned, like part of that is due to, you know, the father daughter duo behind this particular movie. So, you know, knowing that now does taking ideas from a 13 year old start to give yourself a better understanding of this movie as to why it's so fucking random. <laughs> yeah. It, it might, but like, man, I, there, nothing in this movie is this, like, it, this movie is, Japanese cinema is fucking odd, right? It's mm -hmm. weird all over the place, but this movie is just like, it's random for random, but then there's like so much shit in it that you just go, I, 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 watching this again, I'm, I had to Google, I Googled while watching it again, what's the age of consent in Japan? Because it's, this movie shows boobs of girls that are supposed to be high school girls. Mm -hmm. It, uh, it, it does. The actress is 18 though, but I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I assumed as much, but like. I know, of the, US, yeah. the upskirt shots, like the, the, that's the, the. Uh, I, I, I texted my friend who was texting while I was watching it. The upskirt through the clear panel floor is the most Japanese thing I've <laughs> ever seen. It's like literally it's like they have like sex clubs in Japan that do that shit where you go underneath and just watch a bunch of girls like like running around in skirts like through a clear floor. So it's like I don't like I the 13 year old makes a lot of sense with the, the writing with the characters, right? Like I think the 13 year old <laughs> probably helped out with that. But like it's like it's so out there with so many elements. You're just going, yeah, I don't think this is just a 13. I, I no. literally think people were on drugs, like doing this because it's, it's, it's not like, dude, I said that the, the first 20 minutes of this movie has the same music, like looping over and over again. That is like, it sounds like a Skittles commercial music or something <laughs> like that. I, like it's, it's odd. Mm -hmm. 
you yeah, know, then, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say how like the, the first 30 minutes of this movie have like nothing going on other than just sort of like following gorgeous, following the trip. And I thought to myself, if it wasn't such a crazy like movie in terms of how it's directed in the cinematography, I'd be fucking bored as balls. But <laughs> not that balls are boring. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> They're fun for I, a little bit. Enjoyed, but I mean, <laughs> I kind of enjoyed the fact that it was so crazy because it got me through 30 minutes of nothing happening. And usually I'm very critical of that. I have to say, this is a movie, this is, a, the music for this movie gets stuck in my head randomly yeah. at different times. You know, it'll just pop into my head because it's got that really distinct melody that they play throughout the entire movie. And it's all sentimental and happy. But as the movie goes and it gets crazier, it just becomes like, it's just mocking you. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's, it's, just it's because it's jarring like, and out of place. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's just making it feel worse. <laughs> and they're so proud of the music, too. Like, I heard that they released uh, a disc of the music before even the movie came out, right? <laughs> so, yeah, they're real proud of that. Well, I like, too, they compare, he, uh, the dad is a music, com- is a film com- music composer. Yeah. And, uh, and they even have that line where they say that, his they said his music is better than Morricone's music. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming is a neo Morricone, you know, good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I guess they. Th- I didn't know. I don't really know anything about the behind the scenes of this music, but I mean of the movie in general. But that's interesting to know that they released the album first. I ha- uh- Go ahead, D. I was going to say, like, in regards to, like, behind-the-scenes stuff, um, you know, initially when they had the idea for it, what they were going for was basically they were trying to make a quick cash grab uh, from basically, like, the youth movement after the success that we saw stateside with Steven Spielberg's Jaws. So they were going for, like, this whimsical approach to really get a lot of uh, yeah. the, the younger demographic into the theaters uh, so I thought that was interesting that, you know, they turned to the 13-year-old to be like, hey, how, how do we get those young kids in the in the movie theaters to make a ton of money? Uh, but the director, yeah. even before he got the gig, he was the one going out of his way uh, to promote the movie, to, you know, to try to get money towards it. And eventually uh, the production company is like, OK, you know, you t- you've already taken a reign so far, so you got the director's gig uh, for the most part. But, you know, I just thought it was so funny. Like, okay, we're going for Jaws. And then, you know, you watch this movie and you're just like, I I, I don't really see the comparison. <laughs> There's no path from Jaws to House. It just it, isn't. It makes me laugh a lot, too, because, like, the American House, like, I saw before this film. Mm-hmm. And I was watching that and I'm like, <laughs> this movie feels like everyone on it was on large amounts of coke. And this, like... And cocaine doesn't even fit anything that happens in this movie. And you're just like, man, it, it just figures that the two movies named House are completely batshit crazy like this <laughs> that are just like, just like going with it. Right. So. Yeah, and this is a director, too, who hadn't made a feature film. Uh, he basically had his background primarily directing commercials. And, you know, his daughter, uh, Chigumi, who developed the concept, uh, you know, that would eventually become this movie. You know, she, as we mentioned, like, she's a preteen. Uh, and actually, several of her suggestions had made it to the final product. So to give you a couple of examples uh, from concept to final product, 
from the daughter uh, was the watermelon reemerging from the well in the form of a floating severed head. Uh, and also, the key element, which was very central to the plot, was the idea of this house that eats girls. <laughs> so, you know, you got you got the end game of it, and one of the one of the funnier gags in the movie, uh, directly coming from this thirteen year old in this case. But you know, how how is just such a whimsical like fairy tale uh, that has so many different techniques displayed throughout the movie uh that help yeah. aid into that you know because we you have so many different things shown on screen you know you have those hand-drawn animations we have stop motion animation uh you got chroma key effects you have picture in picture you have all these different like uh transitions and like uh segues that really feel akin to like something that you would see in like 90s sitcoms uh you know 20 yeah. years after the fact um yeah. it's and it's just no matter how many times I watch it, and even though I know the rapid-fire cuts are coming and how the transitions work, you know, it has that sort of pop-up-book experience throughout the entirety of the movie, and that's something that's very endearing about it, where, sure, it is absolutely bonkers and it's such a hard movie to describe, but that's one of the things that makes it so charming in its own right. Yeah, it's weird. Like with when Japan goes this bonkers on a film, you go. They still like somehow maintain this like childlike perspective on it. At the same time, like we're talking about the thirteen-year-old, right? Mm -hmm. But like that whimsical thing. It's like you compare it to like like more modern J Japanese things, even like Tokyo Gore Police, because of the like they're running around in like big rubber suits, and like even though it's like crazy and hardcore, it's still got that weird like kind of like childish kind of thing to it and then you compare it to like go to french cinema and you like mortars or something like that where everything's completely 100 serious and it's like even when it's fucking wacky you go well it's it has that weird like childlike perspective like in so much of their stuff right yeah i feel like this is a movie with no frame of reference <laughs> like there's nothing that it can be compared to or is like associated with you know it's it, like what you're describing, yeah. it's, all, it's all completely unique to this movie. Like any, it's like people copy this movie, not the other way around. Like I can't see anything in this movie where it's like, oh, they, he did that from this or took that from this, you know? Yeah. Well, we also don't know like Japanese cinema from this point in time either very well. So that's like a contextual thing. It's like a, it's one of the things we do a lot of uh, foreign films on uh, on Murder Moose, and that's one of the things that I always like looking at because it's like you get that weird in like like look into a culture in a country in mm -hmm. like what they're afraid of at the time, what they find like scary, what they find like you know all that stuff, and it's like you go into this and you go, dude, the ghosts. It, the fucking houses like we like watermelons from hell like it, you don't like it's a hard time grasping what they're like scared of but like it doesn't surprise me because like common sense in japanese cinema don't aren't two things that are like hand in hand at all points right <laughs> i mean i did notice that the long dark hair kind of touching gorgeous while she's taking a, a full frontal bath mm -hmm. i mean that's you know we were just talking about we just watched the grudge and the ring, a Ringu, and and even in Shutter, which was a Thai movie, they all have that same theme in them. So it's kind of interesting yeah. to see it as early as a 1977 movie. Yeah. 
I I saw uh I like I said earlier the age of consent in Japan is 13 and I saw some like high school girls in like Japan pushing to move that up to like 16 and it's like it's weird because you think about it and it's like we're in like 2022 and like we have a like a first world country that is like that's a little like oh like I mean like it's it's kind of yeah yeah it's it's the it's the yucky face and it it's kind of there were shots in this movie that you're like it kind of makes you feel a little yucky because you know they're 18 year olds right but you're like they're like selling them as like you know 16 year olds or 17 year olds or whatever they are and you're just like 15 year olds or something yeah you're like oh it makes me feel gross on the inside (laughs) and then on the other side of that mr togo oh he's so handsome he's so mad like is he yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like what am i taking crazy pills like, what? Yeah. i would have not done well in 1977 japan let's just yeah. put it yeah, that, that doesn't age well like the the high school kids having the crush on the on the teacher who reciprocates the crush later in the movie he actually you know drives out there to like meet them at the house you know does he ever make it to the house like i I saw it just yesterday, and I cannot remember if he actually makes it to the house. I'm thinking, no. He doesn't. I believe from what I I watched it again <laughs> recently. Um, went you know before knowing I was coming on here, and uh, I believe he gets he ends up just with the watermelon guy, and they just end up hanging out, and then that's the last you see of him is he's just with the watermelon guy. Well, he was trying so, to find the house, but it wasn't right. there. So then he uh, went back to town to like try to get directions, and that's when he I, hangs out with the the watermelon vendor. I I also wonder like with the whole watermelon, like it's like kind of feels like we're selling like the watermelon vendors like the like like the gate attendant to hell or heaven <laughs> or something. Like you know what I mean? It's like that weird thing where it's like he's this character that has no like context into what's happening really, but. He's in them. He's selling like watermelons in front of a house that nobody comes to. Like it. So you go. Well, why is he there? He's that character. I mean, it, what's interesting to me is like this movie is I think 1977. I was just yep. looking, mm-hmm. and it has so many horror archetypes in it that, as far as I know, from my knowledge, don't really exist at the time that the movie was made. And yeah. yet become like the house, you know, the group of kids who go to the place and get picked off one by one. And they're all stereotypes. Yeah. And they're all like their own thing. And um, and that guy, the watermelon guy, he's sort of I forget what the term is. A but forebear? It, the, no. The, the in the, in the woods. The harbinger, yeah. yeah. The harbinger, harbinger, the guy who's like, you're doomed. Like, if you go there, you're never coming back, it's, like, kind of thing. The stereotypical one for that is the 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 crazy dude from Friday the 13th, right? right? Who, who, you're all doomed! And it's exactly, like, yeah. It's such an iconic character that, like, it's, he's only gets points to, like, like, yeah, he's all over, and, like, it's reoccurring through, through, like, horror that, like, you better go watch out. It's like a moral guidance that, like, you you're gonna go oh, okay these characters could have saved themselves but they really couldn't so yeah yeah definitely but it, just to go back a little to something you were saying earlier rod this is definitely a movie where like culturally like i don't know what's meant to be scary or not scary or funny <laughs> or like how audiences how the filmmaker intended the audience to sort of view it like i'm sure he 
wasn't thinking, you know, they'll be tripped out by this. Yeah. But it's weird to think when audiences in Japan went and saw this in a theater, like, were they scared? Were there parts where they were like, oh, my God, that's freaky. Or yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I was smiling most of the time. I was just happy. <laughs> and want, I just want to live in that movie and not be yeah. one of the characters that dies, which I know is asking for a lot. Well, just don't go in the house. It's as simple as that. It has the death curse on it. <laughs> Hang out with the watermelon guy. with all this and then we talk about how weird this movie is another oddity this movie is in the Criterion Collection which is it is fucking there aren't many horror movies in the Criterion Collection right you're like things like Silence of the Lambs and like Shining and shit like that there's not much in there like like in the whole like runtime but this is in there just because it's such a unique piece of filmmaking right it's like like all the techniques you're talking about T it's just like it's like all over the place. Like how many cat movies would you see where the, like a white cat is just like glowing green eyes, like repeatedly throughout it. That is like, yeah, it's not something that happens. <laughs> I wish it happened a lot. That's yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean, I also haven't seen a ton of like mattresses, like literally eating people outside of uh deathbed, the bed that eats people. Yeah. What about the Johnny Depp's, you know, best scene ever on the planet? Yeah, very, very few and far between. Yeah. I, it's, it's funny because, like, when we talked about this on Murder Moose, I'm like, I, I don't think this is something that, like, it's really hard to, like, if you're, like, used to coming into, like, a podcast and talking, like, linearly about a movie, this film is very, very difficult to really, like, piece together because i think you're like i think your brain wall like it would be like like putting stuff in your head like to remember later on it's it's so like focused on trying to understand what the fuck is happening like the entire time right it's like it's trying to figure out what what you should be staring at and this film has a lot of like background activity right like mm-hmm. a lot like one of my favorite scenes in the whole film is the when the skeletons in the background like dancing and it's just like you you don't notice it right away. Like, and you're like, it's like a goofy, like it's like the spooky, scary skeletons thing. That's all over the place now, but it's like in the background of this shit house, crazy film. And you're like, I guess it's a party. Yeah. That, that the, the bone daddy is definitely my favorite part of the entire movie. He's not even yeah. an actual character, but it's just the fact yeah. that you hear his bones just cracking up against one another as as uh you have melody playing the piano or even like when the the aunt like jumps up and starts to do her whole routine up on like the ceiling almost and she's like what what is going on (laughs) you know it must be a lot you know it does kind of remind me a little bit when it comes to like the you you've got a story and then you just take a segue you know just a detour into nonsense and then you come back to the story i feel like suspiria did that a lot you know where it's like now we're just gonna dance around this fucking house it does the same shit i'm just it's it's a little uh disconcerting but also enjoyable and again lots of nudity uh (laughs) so i was surprised it definitely has that surreal quality for sure where like Dario Argento movies feel like a fever dream. This right. is definitely a fever dream movie for sure. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think the ahead, best yeah. comparison I can have just from like a viewing experience is like this. This movie is basically the full embodiment of Toontown from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> just, yeah. just with how stylistic it is and how how random it is and how like physics work. 
in this world, yeah. like especially with like the severed head flying around, biting people in the ass. You know, things like that. And it's just you, things that you just wouldn't actually see in the real world. Yeah. It's just happening before I, your eyes. <laughs> they also, they push their technology, man. They push the blue, they, they use blue screens, it mm -hmm. looks like in this film, not green screens. And like when the head's popping out, the blue, you can see her like whatever a little bit, like when it's actually her right. head. But then when it's not her head, it's so bad. Like when it's like popping out, you're like, oh, because that's one of those things too that like these older films that like this from the 77 like even up into the like the 90s you're like making these like they would do shit because they're like oh one they're only gonna see it like this and then like vhs but like then you start putting it in 1080 and 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 4k and you start seeing these details yeah. that they never wanted you to see because of like the the quality of the film watching experience which not much in this film looks bad. Like the head is probably the the one thing that stuck out to me. Like both times I've watched it now that like, you're like, okay, that's, but it's like understandable because they don't focus on it. But like, it's amazing how well the rest of that, like technology, although it doesn't like, like it doesn't look crisp or anything. Like like the, all the stuff they do to make stuff wacky is just like, it's really cool to look at. Right. Like, which helps you gain your attention. Like when you were talking about Hollywood, the like, the first 30 minutes you're just like what the fuck is happening and why is nothing happening you're like it like it starts off as like a japanese like a family drama for the first half an hour but as we all know from things like audition the japanese don't mind changing genres halfway through a film and they're <laughs> it's not a big concern with them so pretty good <laughs> yeah I mean, we've, also, look we've seen the same from the french as well with titan yeah <laughs> Yeah, definitely the look of the movie is great. I'm a big fan of really like over the top visuals and and you know surreal movies. And I love uh, they do uh, they play around with the backgrounds a lot, where they have stylized painted backgrounds, and then the camera will move and it moves off of the matte painting, and then yeah. you can see what's behind the matte painting as the camera is moving, <laughs> yeah. you know, and things like that. And uh, yeah, I, 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 one of the things I really love, and the, the kind of experimental aspect of it is really great. Like, it definitely is ahead of its time in terms of a lot of visuals that were definitely completely insane at the time that movie came out, but are now stuff that you see a lot more commonly, you know, in modern mm -hmm. movies. Yeah, it almost has, like, that, the, uh, I guess, the, for lack of a better term, like, that MTV-type aesthetic with music videos. And this was, you know, 20, 20 years before, like, MTV was actually a thing, on the yeah. airwaves, which is just absolutely crazy to think. It's so. not that long. It was like the early 80s that MTV was it? started. Well, okay, well, at videos. least a decade. But yeah. 81. Um, yeah. Or 85. I, I I, you can't tell me that the people on this movie weren't on acid. Like, we're in the <laughs> mid-70s here. And, like, I. that's the weird thing, too. Like, Japan isn't known for, like, drug culture, right? Like, it, like it's very harsh with, like, drugs and stuff like that. And, obviously, things like the Yakuza. But, like, I go watching this. I'm like. I can't see someone wasn't on some kind of drugs when like like yeah. putting these storyboarding these sequences out and just like because it's that, just so off the wall. That funky bass definitely uh, connotes some drug use for sure. Yeah, there's some definite like, acid. <laughs> yeah, the acid, there's some definite acid rock in yeah. there for yeah. sure. It's funky, man. It's 
it goes from being like 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 family like drama like fun music at the beginning for that i that's another thing i the, the, the two minutes they loop for the first 20 i'm like okay guys okay stop like like you're like you're getting earworms or you're like you know they're gonna drill into your head and like set, like you were talking about earlier john you're gonna just be randomly going the singing the or humming these things to yourself you're like fuck get out of my head stop <laughs> it <laughs> Yeah, oh, definitely. So we we basically streamed this last night on uh, Untwisted Tuesday, uh, and then we followed it up with like a Splatterhouse movie, which was uh, Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein Girl, which is another one of the, like the Splatterhouse films in, akin to uh, Tokyo Gore Police, which Rod yeah. had mentioned earlier, and uh, and Jess basically like described House as this acid trip with a ton of things that could be easily mistaken for old sitcom montages and i totally get that because Mm -hmm. you know really early on in the movie when you're actually introduced to all the different schoolgirls, you know you have the whole we're gonna slowly zoom in on their face and we'll do the whole circular editing trick and then we're gonna fade into the next person and it's just like you you have that very light-hearted music to roll things up but you know it's just it's all just a setup to get to the chaos towards the end of the movie when you start to see the sinister aspect behind the house and why they're being brought there because they're being led to their demise and of course you know they don't know that the only one who really had any inclination of that was uh the watermelon vendor uh which you know like he just seems completely like out of the element but but i understand you know because it does play on on that trope but it's just a fact that like the teacher actually goes back to the guy and it's just like well do you know where this place is or like what happened to them? And like, he basically knows what's going on. So he has an idea of the strange scenes that happen, but he doesn't care. Cause he's still making his sale. That's all. That's all the guy wants is just to sell these watermelon <laughs> to whoever is going to this house. And it's the only thing around, which is just, yeah. it just makes that moment that much better for me. I, I have really... to say, oh, go ahead. Ali. Oh, you, you go. first. I was gonna say, I, I one of those scenes that is very weird and odd to me that almost seems like it, it like pops the main characters into the like the breaking the fourth wall, like they're watching the film with us. Is the when the girls are on the train and they're like, uh, they're they the one the main girl has the picture of her like aunt and is like telling the story and they're like yeah. talking about the story that she's telling, like I they can see yeah. everything that's happening and it's very like, but. And then you look at the end, it's like she's only got a one picture. And it's like they're watching the 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 old like school like cut pack with us, which is another really super odd thing because they're like describing how her aunt's husband went out and like like uh was basically drafted in World War II and uh, basically got shot down and was never heard from again. And when the fucking like the he's in the airplane and like they the pull the cockpit off and the in the the actual pilot just gets shot and he's just sitting there and he's like yeah it's just like <laughs> what the fuck yeah. and I'm like why aren't the girls talking about that guy that's the real hottie yeah. in the movie yeah I was like woo yeah you, you guys get it <laughs> he was way better looking than the fucking teacher right, I'll tell you that. Yeah, right? exactly uh. yeah. Well, I was just going to say before that, that uh, one of my favorite things about the movie is that there's so much sheer insanity that, uh, you know, we watch so many horror movies that we we already know the patterns and we already know what yeah. we should be looking for. And and it, it sort of it, it allows your brain to sort of like wander and not pay attention too much. 
This one, you really had to keep your eyes glued to the screen because you were going to miss a ton of shit if you didn't. And I, I really enjoyed that because, you know, you have no idea what's going to happen next because they follow no rules. Yeah. They're making their own rules. And, and that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the first time I watched this movie was maybe like 14 years ago. And um, I remembered half of it because, number one, it was insane. And number two, I, I was probably drinking a lot. But um, <laughs> this time around, I remember a lot more. Well, I, I saw it sober, but I still don't remember that much. Yeah. It's not a, it's like, that's the thing. Like, it's not easy to recap. It's not like, it's not easy because it, like, just your brain is like, like there's so many points of everything your brain brain's looking at the background your brain's like trying to figure out what's happening your brain's trying to like like and the, like they throw in like dialogue like as soon as these girls start disappearing they're like oh they're fine whatever who fucking nice. cares they're like a potato they're field in the back she's probably yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> she's she taking a nap yeah <laughs> yeah they make fun of that fat girl a whole All the time man lot. They are it's just not even fat. Yeah, I know. She's they, not. They, at one point, she's walking around. I'm like, she's not fat at all. Yeah, but they're calling her fat the whole time because she's hungry all the time, and it's just like, man. girl. Yeah, she's uh, only seriously. supposed to be 15. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I really like kung fu, and I really wanted to identify with kung fu, but I definitely feel like I identify more with Mac. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, the kung fu was cool. Mac. Makes you want to take up some martial arts. Watermelons. I mean, apparently, if you know Kung Fu, you're really good at chopping wood as well uh, with an axe. Uh, Not just like karate kicking doors. It's more than the Kung Fu. She was a leader. Yeah. Dude, Between her and Prop, those were the, the girls, uh, the go-to girls. <laughs> were there like three scenes where things like attacked Kung Fu from the air and she like fucked them up? She's like, oh, yeah. You don't ever, you don't ever know what it is either. They're just like flinging. It looks like they're just flinging random shit at her. I, I like, thought oh, it. I thought it was like the pieces of wood that she was chopping that would like fly up in the air. Yeah. Oh, okay. That that was how yeah. I took it. I don't know if that's actually the case because it's so hard to tell. <laughs> and apparently, like I saw, I I heard this in another podcast review of of House, which incidentally didn't have any more answers than we do. One thing they did say was that uh, when they're eating the watermelon and the ant keeps uh, uh, showing fantasy the eyeball in her mouth, mm-hmm. and that was because they were all eating Mac's head that was sort of uh, an, an illusion that it was a watermelon. It wasn't really a watermelon. Yeah. I was like, I just thought she just was able to regurgitate eyeballs whenever she wanted because she's a witch and she can do that kind of shit. She's not even a witch, though. She's a ghost. Like... They they oh, say she yeah, like they said she died, and but like her body wouldn't die because she, until she, she was like this Sounds bitch, like a witch. Yeah, she's so <laughs> stubborn though. She's so stubborn. Like like their whole point. She's like no, I I die until I get my cock that I was promised, and then there's no other like there's. I hear you, like, sister. <laughs> Rod, Rod, you have to remember they made a pinky promise, right? Like you can't break that. That goes against, you know, just the laws of life. You waited for that dick. Yeah. She deserves yeah. that dick. She deserves it. But the dick was like, yo, I'm down. Like, he's probably haunting some weird. A- number. <laughs> he's like, okay, I wanted a house sequel where it's like the fucking island where the fucking pilot di- crashed. And it's just like, he's haunting some like jungles, like, like things. And you're just like, oh, okay. That's, and, the- and then you like, you like feel that, like, 
oh, they're both they're both like fucking people up for all eternity because they got taken away from each other. So yeah, and he's eating like young boys in the jungle. That feels like a drama, though. <laughs> I, know, I feel like I shouldn't be trying to apply logic here. But I'm, I, I was wondering like what her plan was because like sure she's staying as live immortal, but he they never show him like he where's he he's not coming back. She's he's just so waiting. angry like the grudge. I mean, I guess that's the idea. Is yeah, she's like the angry ghost who hangs out forever, waiting. For angry auntie and i i almost wonder at the end like does the ghost take over her her niece like and so like so like but does that mean she could leave now like then like you don't like again it's more like you're again putting logic on it like it's it's (laughs) the like she hasn't had a physical i mean you you kind of like or led to believe she hasn't had a physical body in a long time and she probably could take over her niece because it's her niece like it's a you know familiarity thing kind of thing yeah and then why kill ryoko although why ryoko in general (laughs) i don't know man i don't do (laughs) maybe that was oh you know maybe that was like the still a bit of fan it was fantasy who's the stepdaughter of her no no uh, gorgeous oh gorgeous um Maybe that was sort of a little bit of gorgeous, just wanting like, to kill her because she yeah. just doesn't like that mom. You know, she because you know how she doesn't want her dad to marry her. So I she's love like, let's kill her. Yeah. I love Japanese dads in all of these movies because they're always so like detached. They're like, oh yeah, I didn't tell her she was gonna have a new mother. That didn't go well. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna go. That's like, <laughs> like oh, I'll take care of it. Don't don't worry. You're not gonna have to be my tailor. You're not gonna have to cook. You know. <laughs> Mom's gonna yeah. take care of everything, so like I, I have. I, it's basically like okay, I have no use for you, so you know I got a new woman yeah. in my life. We no longer have to spend all this quality time together where you <laughs> cook for me and my clothes. I go and look at it and compare it to like audition, where like it's the son like harassing his dad the whole movie about going to get like like replace mom and like mm-hmm. this movie, you know, or it's like kind of like the other way around, and it's just like. That dad was just like, like hit, like just saw the train coming. He was like, "I'm gonna get hit eventually." He was just like, he was like, he was like ready to get be it, it all to be over with. And this guy, the guy's like going to Italy and finding these like, okay, he, he finds this fine looking white Japanese lady in Italy. <laughs> it's like where I mean, maybe she was working in the film with him. I don't know. It's like you don't ever really say, but she's a jewelry designer, so you go. Why would she be working on the film? I don't know. <laughs> Again, no logic. Yeah. Logic. Definitely like free. What's that free association like kind of story where it right? just kind of goes from thing to thing. Very, very yeah. Henry Miller. This is great. <laughs> it was- and uh, we can we just talk a little tiny bit about the nonstop uh, fan that was on Ryoko at all times? How yeah. delicious is that? That was fantastic. <laughs> It, it was like an 80s mu- like you know hair metal music mm-hmm. video right like you're like oh okay her hair is going yeah and all of her oh. clothes had to be uh you know that they also had to be consistent with that because she was always wearing like silky stuff although not that we saw her in more than one outfit but you know <laughs> i thought like that's that ryoka can really dress for a fan scene yeah they they and they of course have the first twenty minutes of the movie and they're they're like sailor moon schoolgirl outfits like the japanese <laughs> Very typical, yeah. <laughs> I love this movie so much. Uh, so good. It, 
it's a trip, man. Like I said, I, I, uh, the, like this time it was like my brain was. I watched Creep before this, and mm-hmm. if you haven't seen Creep, Creep is a as a ride itself, and it, it fucks with your brain a little bit too. And into this, and you're just like, my brain was like, no, I don't know, no, I don't know. What you're paying I paused it like twenty times trying to just go. What and then the pad and then yeah, you just like whatever. <laughs> Definitely, but I, I do think I do just to go back a little. I do think the aunt possessed gorgeous. Yeah, of yeah. course. When because when gorgeous was like comforting fantasy, who later disappears because she ate her, uh, yeah. and she has her boobs sticking out. And I again, I'm I'm very. I was very surprised by all the boobs. Yeah, and and then later meets uh, Ryoko, and she's like, "Oh, the girls haven't woken up yet." They're going to be hungry. Does that mean they're coming back? Like zombies, ghosts. It's like the the evil dead, man. The evil dead. You get a sense like that nothing is final. So you don't even feel that bad about the death scenes because it just feels like it's, it's a, it's not a linear sort of story. So it's, it's, uh, there's still a way to be happy about everything that's happening. Yeah. Maybe they're all just stuck at the house at this point. And what's up with the fucking cat? I thought the cat was going to be more, you know, you know, uh, important. <laughs> well, and they have the cat that fuck. They live like on a fucking like a, a skyscraper. Like they're like forty stories up, and like this cat just jumps out the window, and the little girl's like, "Oh, okay, I got a pet cat now." Blah blah blah. And then they get there, the cat runs away, and then the fucking ant is holding the same goddamn cat, and, and like nobody thinks, "Hey, this is a little suspicious." My favorite part was there's a scene where the the aunt's still in the in the wheelchair and she's being wheeled around and um you can clearly see that somebody off camera throws her the cat like into her lap and like yeah. that is the most patient loving gentle cat I have ever fucking seen yeah. because that fucker was just like yeah all right that's uh, that's not even taken into account the the many conversations that they have about the cat when it comes to being able to open and close doors. You know, they're able yeah. to open doors, but if they close the door, then it's a witch cat. And then the entire time I'm just thinking, well, wouldn't that just be a familiar? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. That transmission may be there. Yeah, it, it's weird, and I don't know much about, like, like, I've gone in and started watching. I, it's been a while, but like I was watching for a while, like YouTube videos about like monsters from different cultures, right? And so, like, it's again, it's the not understanding the full Jap, like Japanese, like mythological creatures are very, very odd. It, 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 like, they're like their culture goes back way longer than ours, right? So they have like demons and spirits and shit that you like. We don't have any context with, like, outside of like glimpses into these films and it's like you start seeing some of the stuff and you're like man they're they're like what's fucked up with them is i mean fucked up for them is like stuff that is demented as shit like we we hear like oh michael myers is running around stabbing people we're gonna all scream and shit like that but they got like demons eating souls from like dog ferret guardian i don't know it's just like it's so out there you're like I, like it's hard for us to like line up what they're afraid of, right? Yeah, they got some good culture over there. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. The difference is, you know, for them, if a cat closes a door, it's a witch cat. You know, for <laughs> us as Americans, we'd just be freaking out that the cat locked themselves inside the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking cat just locked the door. 
You're here to be my companion. I didn't, I didn't know Schrodinger's cat was Japanese, mm. but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, house. That's a good one. Yeah, it is. It's really, it's funny. Like I said earlier, like both movies I've seen named house are batshit crazy. Like batshit crazy. And the, the American's not as crazy as this, but it's still, that movie's wacky, man. If you've never seen it, it is the American, wacky. Yeah, no, yeah. It's a great movie. It, I like it. With Cliff, Cliff from Cheers. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, right, and, uh, the great American hero. Greatest American hero. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a good one. So, uh, did you guys, I, I definitely saw, what looked to me like a lot of like uh, Sam Raimi took some influence from this movie yeah. with Evil Dead Two, where you have like the fountains of blood split spraying from the walls, and just like that, some a lot of that chaos that's happening in the end of the movie that felt a lot like Evil Dead Two. You know, yeah. just filling it up with blood. I mean, even the, you, that you talk about uh, uh, like Evil Dead, but you even take that up to Peter Jackson and uh, like. Dead Alive, like uh, Dead Alive, is just the ending of that like film is still one of the most batshit endings of all time. So it's like, and like all the all these great directors, all these great directors, you go Sam Raimi, Peter Jackson, Quentin Tarantino, they all have such a love for film and cinema. Like, you know, Quentin Tarantino is why people over here saw Battle Royale, like shit like that, right? And like, he, then he pulled the the actress over, and she was in Kill Bill. And that like appreciation of like this history of cinema gives them such a, they can go in and touch that stuff. And like, like, you know, even like, even fucking George Lucas was ripping off Japanese cinema to do star Wars. Right. Like, so it's like, it's that, like that appreciation and the understanding of, of other cinema from other countries, like makes these filmmakers more diverse and more like have a bigger bag of tricks to go into. Right. And it's a really good way to surprise your own culture when you can just because you know you we this is our culture so we all kind of have the same frame of reference. If you yeah. bring something in from a, from a different one, it's it's just very pleasant to to be taken out of your own little bubble and then you know incorporate it into your own because we were just talking about that with the ring and the grudge and uh, all of those elements of Japanese horror that were brought into that are now uh, canon for American horror. So yeah. Yeah, it's funny talking about this movie is like you can't talk about it like a normal movie. It's impossible because well, it's not normal. Nothing about yeah, it is yeah. normal. <laughs> like you can't just be like, oh, the story is like this and the style is like this. It's all kind of intertwined together into this completely crazy stew. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's follow like the the girls until they get to the house and which is even a little bit like and then they get to the house and then shit hits the wall, girls get eaten, skeletons dance in the background and uh oh head bites an ass and there you go. <laughs> and that's it. It's something that head biting the ass is like the most famous scene in this entire movie that like it's like I see it on YouTube videos and shit all the time. And it's like one of the scenes that gets like referenced a lot and piano. The piano, yeah. the piano scene to me is more iconic between the two, just because so? like as like I, I played the violin for like 15 years. And, you know, as as a basis, I'm sure there's been more than several occasions where you feel like your fingers are falling off, but maybe not quite to the point where you feel like your bass is actually chewed off the entirety yeah. of your finger. 
Or maybe when you're changing out a string and it lashes you across the face. That's mm-hmm. happened to me sometimes. Wow, well, I've had that tightened in the strings of my violin on yeah. more than one occasion. Definitely. <laughs> Man, it, it, it is amazing. Like, I... I feel like I was thinking about while we were talking about this, like if this movie was made in like, you know, 2020, you know, like modern times and you go, I think it would, I, I still think that this film would probably do pretty well in Japan, like with a modern version of it. And I still think 97% of Americans would hate this fucking film. Um, <laughs> it's like us, people like us sitting here talking about this, where it's like that, it's that weird, odd, quirky movie. And like, mm-hmm. I, you go and watch enough like weird independent horror like from this country there's like you know english and you go see when stuff gets really odd it ends up being like critics really like it like this film and then the audiences general like american audiences or people like on imdb and rotten tomatoes hate it and so it's like this is the kind of stuff you go that's why it's in the criterion collection because like people like critics watch films all the time we watch films once a week for our podcast and stuff like that but like they watch even more film for the, that's their job. Yeah. So when shit gets wacky shit like this, you're just like, they're just like, okay, something different. I don't have to see the same shit over and over again, you know? Something original. Yeah. And yeah, that was, I mean, I think that that's what a big strategy in the movie, right? Just overstimulation, making sure that there's no chance for you to sort of get a grip on anything. Mm. And that's, that's fantastic. That's a roller coaster. And it, it, I really enjoyed it. But I'm a really upbeat person. I enjoy most movies, except for the children. <laughs> or the American version of Shudder. That thing was a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I didn't force that upon you. You you took it upon yourself to go uh, out true. of your way. It's <laughs> true. It's true. I just I, And I knew it was going to be bad, too. But I just <laughs> wanted to have the, the validation of saying I'm, I saw it and it sucked. I, the, 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 as I saw, like, it's a big fucking making me angry point of remaking especially asian films into american films i and i just saw that they're they're remaking the raid with like michael like mm-hmm. uh what do you call him and i'm like why why would you need to do my, that my 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 only my only thing to add to that rod is just the fact that we've kind of already had that with dread yeah. Because that was yeah. as close a remake as the raid as you're going to get, so yeah. it just feels completely unnecessary. Well, it's I, I my one of my favorite films, top five films of all time, is Old Boy, and I refuse to watch the English version Don't. where Thanos fucks the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> it's so bad. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, no, no, and I'm just like stuff like that, and like stuff like Let the Right One In. Mm-hmm. They remake it, change the name, shit like that. It's like why, it, like reading like I, you could turn this fucking film on and not even have like subtitles on and just watch it in pure Japanese. And I don't think you're losing all that much to be <laughs> completely fucking honest. Like, yeah. if you, you guys ever watch uh Brandon Tenold on, on YouTube, who goes and reviews like old crazy B movies and stuff like that. No. He, uh, he occasionally like, he does like, uh, like Turkish films, right? Like, you know, the crazy, uh, like that just rip off whatever film. They're ripping Star off. Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Turkish Spider-Man, mm-hmm. um, which has the guinea pigs eating people alive, which is a bonkers thing. If you <laughs> and occasionally I'll get a hold of one of these movies, and I think it was like the South Korean, like it's like I don't know some anime that they were like ripping off something, and he doesn't even get that fucking dialogue like dubbed in English, and he it doesn't matter. And I feel like you could watch this movie not have any English on, and it, I don't think that you would like understand much 
different. Like you, like, you might not know who the ant was and you might not know, like, whatever. But, like, I think you could get, like, contextually, like, a lot of the clues you would need to oh, kind yeah. of follow. One. That one kicks yeah. butt. That one, yeah. like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could follow it just as well. I think for sure. Yeah, so, like, so what did the what did the dialogue really provide us? Like, Not this much. is definitely the kind of movie that you turn on like at a party with no sound, where it's just the picture in the background. I will yeah. be doing that. The dialogue mm. basically told us that the girls are like wandering around naked, basically because all of them are stripping, and no one knows where anyone is. Yeah, that's basically the it was really oh, gorgeous. that that and the fact that you can use a well as a refrigerator if it's broken. Pretty good idea, too. Yeah. How do you come into this this woman's house who doesn't have any working appliances? Come into this house that you haven't seen her since you were like two. Yeah. And like, again, <laughs> what, didn't the letter just appear in her fucking room? Like she writes her aunt a letter and she's like, hey, my dad's an asshole. Um, I haven't seen you since I was like seven. Can you like, you know, let us come like, you know, hang out at your pad. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then like the like the, the fucking letter just appears in a room. Right. Like, I'm not crazy. Right. That's how it like and the, doesn't think anything's out of it. Doesn't think the fucking teleporting cat gets like like jumps up to your fucking like 30 second story window. No, nothing odd here. And then your friends start dissipating. Ah, oh, we're good. We're gonna just keep like you know eating watermelon and shit. Like is that bitch anyway? <laughs> yeah. The, the two. The first girl that disappears is the the girl that you make fun of for being fat all the time, and she misses dinner, and you guys don't like. <gasps> That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> She's in the potato field picking potatoes because she loves potatoes. <laughs> you ever tried to eat a raw potato? It's not a great it's meal. Man, you can't put it you. faster, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I offer my wife potatoes because she's half Irish, half Russian. So she's like potatoes <laughs> or like in her like vodka like works like water to her in like her state of the the Irish Russian blood. So, <laughs> uh. oh it, man, I don't think you're gonna get much crazier than this film. Like, it, like no. it's, I, I think of like maybe going to look at things like Ben Kingsley. What's that? What's that fucking weird film that like the expression film T where you're like it's like the god like birthing earth and then like the the guy like kills mother earth and then like oh mother all, is that what the the black and white thing and oh, all that stuff Oh no sorry I thought you were talking about the Jennifer Lawrence no. one where they have a house It was it's this weird ex- like silent film that mm. like is horror and it's like the guy gets birthed and like kills God. And it's like one of those films that's like that or Ben Kingsley. If you start going down the Ben Kingsley route, maybe you'll get like a, the like a field in England or some shit like that, which is another one that I've never seen, but it's, uh, I was just going to say that this makes less sense than a razor head. And that's not easy to say. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're out weirding David Lynch, you mm-hmm. are, you're doing something impressive. <laughs> So. There was another influence I saw on a couple of shots where I was like, this feels very Lynchian. Well, you know? That the racer had came out right right around the same time, right? Like 77? Somebody look it up. Here, I'll look it up. Yeah. Uh, or was it early? That's interesting. It's, uh, it's 77. Oh, wow. Same what? year. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So that, that's what it it's a like. a for nonsense, huh? nonsense man Japanese a lot of for sure. 
Hey, man, have you ever see you've seen even more Japanese cinema yeah. than I have? Like, have you ever seen like a like straightforward Japanese film? Like, it's like e- even our anime can like be a little the, like there's a lot of anime, right? But I, I think the only thing that really falls into that category are like most of the samurai films. But anything deriving from that, like outside of that, it's just completely yeah. different from like the norm that we're used to, basically. Yeah. It's it, it man. I really like a lot of Japanese cinema. Like I, I think of things like, uh, like, uh, God, a uh, versus that mm-hmm. film is just like, you go, you basically combine the Matrix and Evil Dead, and you, you, you have that film made on a shoestring budget. Like that film is wonderful. Things that like, have you ever seen Returner? Like it's like mm-hmm. ET meets the Matrix. Like they were combining the Matrix with a lot of things in the early two thousands in Japan. Shit, shit like that, and it's just like. It's just, they're super creative, but they're like, again, we don't. I, they can they can watch Dragon Ball Z for three hundred thousand episodes where nothing happens for just like <laughs> ninety episodes in a row, and like because they're like getting ready to fight. But then, it, yeah. I feel like can't go. We can't go an entire episode without me mentioning Tetsuo Men of Steel <laughs> in terms of batshit crazy. Yeah, yeah. and drill That's, penises. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've still never watched that. It's on my list, and like. <laughs> I, I I was gonna do it on the you podcast and then I li- I listened to you two talk about it and I'm like, <laughs> it may, that might have to be a very specific mood <laughs> to talk about that one and it's like, yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, that 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 gets another guy who you just go, this motherfucker was determined to complete this like that this insane movie like how much how long it took him and how much money he put into it and like you're like, man, this this dude was just like determined and that's the kind of stuff that just like it it i i i don't i think it's very hard for me for, to to usually like not prefer low budget well done horror compared to big budget horror and yeah. like I, i've i've said it a lot of times but my but i think my two favorite horror movies of all time they're like movie going experiences were paranormal activity and blair witch project and they're both made with like nothing right like it's like no money at all and it's like I think low budget horror. It like last year, Nighthouse was like my favorite film that came out, and it's just it's like made with fifty thousand dollars, right? It's like it, low budget horror just is just they gotta try harder. They gotta try harder, and they don't they don't do shit that like they don't over CGI things like the thing remake. They don't like mm-hmm. show things that you don't want to see. They don't like they're forced like budgetary reasons are so good for horror, and it's like. I don't know. I like this movie felt like it had a huge budget, like for the insane shit happening on it. But I don't who fucking knows. I don't know how long it takes and how much money it makes, uh, you know, to do these kind of effects. But the invisible string budget was through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's 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 bonkers, man. It no, is... and to your point, you know, like those low budget movies, they also have to be really smart about yeah. how they use every single minute they've got. Yeah. They're not gonna. There's not gonna be a lot of filler. There's not gonna be a lot of bullshit. It's all gonna be as good as it can make it, and it's always really great. And In you, fact, Thanks Killing was only was made for only thirty five hundred dollars. You can't even yeah. buy a car for that. And then and then you go watch Thanks Killing three, and you go, oh oh no, oh, we I, we, we, yeah. have, we haven't gotten there yet, Rod. But it's coming, oh, and it's, uh, oh, it's no, not don't. it's not it's not a good trip. Don't do that to Holly. Don't don't do that to Holly. No, Holly, no. Say no. I did watch almost all of the Silent Nights, which, to tell you the truth, I did not mind. 
I had to not regret that one bit. Maybe, maybe we'll just review the musical then, because that was entertaining. I haven't Perfect. watched that yet. I know you said it to <laughs> yeah, me. I, did. I didn't watch. I was like, man, it's funny, man, because you go and look at the Headhunter, and that movie fucking uh, like is awesome, and it's just like. But I think I think he just I think he thought that what people liked at the first Thanksgiving mm-hmm. wasn't what people liked in the first Thanksgiving, and I think he learned his lesson with that one. But that shit was another. That's talking about another. We're talking about trippy movies. That's another one that's like. John, have you seen that one? Thanksgiving, not yet. No. Oh. Oh. Thanksgiving doesn't have s- space penises with mustaches on them that like uh, the regenerate. So and, like, <laughs> Thanksgiving three is a fucking riot, man. In a riot, but in a bad way, not in a good way. Like, it's like Black Friday trying to get a PS five. I was trying to see if I had my T-shirt next to me. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the laundry. Damn. Don't Definitely ha- gotta check it out. Yeah. I really like the first one. The first one makes me laugh and has jokes. And it's just like, it's, it's so perfect for how bad it is. Cause it embraces it. Like, um, bad, bad movies. Like the problem is that they often like in, like they embrace their own hype. They kind of do shit like that. Like uh, we watched a movie called sharks of the corn recently. And it was not only really one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It was also an hour and 45 minutes long. And it had all the bad stuff, and you're like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> no. Well, that's the thing. It's like a bad movie has to be naturally bad. It can't be intentionally bad. You have to be trying your best. And yeah. then- you got to be trying your hardest and fail to make a good yeah. bad movie. Like, drama is <laughs> really good at that. They try really hard, guys. Yeah. Well, it's like bowl it just doesn't try to do anything. He just makes garbage films, right? It's yeah. that kind of stuff, right? That's yeah. Yeah. Don't even get me started on him. <laughs> There's too many, too many right. terrible video game adaptations. Not yeah. to, not to say like the bar was set really high for video game adaptations Dude. because they're ninety nine percent absolute garbage but you know Dude, that that new uncharted movie looks real bad <laughs> i mean real bad i'm not saying it is but the the trailers and it's just like the dude that trailers for that resident i still haven't watched the new resident Neither evil because the cg the cg in those trailers i was like you gotta be shitting me this looks like a like a micro budget film mm-hmm. like yeah i only got halfway through the new resident evil movie and and I said, oh, I, you know, I have, I was figured I'd watch the second half later, which I haven't gotten around to, but no, it's, it's, if you can believe it, that, you know, they attempted to make it more true to the video game and, and it really made it worse. Like, <laughs> it's actually way worse than the, the, the Anderson movies mm-hmm. with Mila. Those are better for sure. Yeah. Interesting. And, you know, I felt the same way with like the new Mortal Kombat that they released on HBO Max. I was so disappointed with that. I mean, how, how are you going to go release a Mortal Kombat movie with, without a fucking tournament? They just greenlit a second one, too. That's 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 the core plot of the game. And you're yeah. we're, we're, we're not we're not going to get into that. It, not to mention my main just gets offed like almost immediately after yeah. Sony gets the fucking energy rings. What the hell? My wife, <laughs> my wife loves Liu Kang or, or the other guy, the guy that with the hat, and she's like, he was on Too screen loud. for like mm-hmm. eight seconds, and yeah. it's like she was not <laughs> happy about that. So, yeah. So yeah, go watch something that won't make you disgruntled, like House who released in nineteen seventy-seven. 
just go in a Criterion movie. Just going, go in expecting insanity. If you are in a legal state of marijuana, it may help the experience. It will help the experience. There's no thing about it, but it has to be legal. No. You'll be like, that, did I miss something? No, you didn't. No. You didn't miss yeah. anything. Like, <laughs> I was telling you guys before, I slept through 15 minutes at the beginning of this movie, and it still made as much sense to me this time when I watched it all the way through. So, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> One of those movies, every time you watch it, you see new stuff. Yeah. And, and new things kind of click where you're like, oh, like that's kind of related to this other thing, you know? Like when the professor's on that mattress and the whole uh, house is flooding, and there's like, seven feet of water in the house and then she loses her glasses and then she goes into the water and so she's dead and then this weird thing that's like a metal bobby thing comes up and you think it's sentient because it's kind of moving and it's wearing her sun and her glasses and then it goes away what the fuck was wasn't that blood by the way i didn't think it was water i thought it was filling up with blood i don't fucking know bloody water let's just call it let's just (laughs) yeah split the difference kind of like the well water with blood mixed oh yeah Mm -hmm. I really yeah. I love that shot. One of my favorite shots is the girl sort of absentmindedly reaches over yeah. to get water from the the faucet and it turns into bloody water and then she just takes it and drinks it without looking. Doesn't it yeah. taste like coins, girl? No? <laughs> A little uh, like cabin fever style. It's like she was, oh, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Even too far from me, I was not going to go down that route right now. Wow, uh, Rod, you're actually yeah. showing restraints. I'm. Uh... I, I have, I have a little bit of restraint. It, it's you are not... a guest in our yeah. house right now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get on the floor unless they tell me. That. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so maybe we can go around the around the 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 room here, and you can pick out your very favorite scene or person or something. No. Yes. That's. That's fine. Well, I've already said my favorite scene was the piano scene when Melody is getting uh, not only her fingers bitten off, but then she's also also getting completely eaten uh, while the music continues. The piano continues to play music during the entire scene, despite the fact that, uh, you know, she's dead. So there is that. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I think myself, I'm going to go with the the watermelon in the well and now decapitated head scene. That was pretty great for me. I mean, you have a girl ahead eating ass. I'm I'm gonna go with that also. That's my See, that's two points for eating ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> two points for eating ass. Yeah. You only need two votes, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> you like the watermelon man and his whole weird shtick where he's like putting his head on the rack of watermelons and to being a weird the way. teenage girls like a fucking creep. <laughs> that guy the way he would walk around. He's the best. <laughs> Seems like very much like he was inspired by like Japanese, like uh, the Three Stooges, but they made him just like, ah. uh, like a watermelon salesman, right? So he reminded me of like a, a, like a, a cur- curly or something like that. Japanese curly or something. Yeah. Oh. Yep, Mr. Yep. Togo's, uh, Mr. Togo's beach uh, buggy. Mr. Togo's wild adventure, even though he never made it to the house. Yeah, he was a weird side character. He didn't really do anything. He got stuck in traffic. He ended up in a separate town. He ended up making when, friends with a watermelon salesman. Did, 
Did his car die in front of a bus and the bus driver or whatever is just screaming at this motherfucker? He's like, Oh, he was stuck oh, in traffic. He's like, yeah. There's so much traffic. Right, yeah. He was like, yeah. Move your car. <laughs> and he was really apologetic. I would have been like, Fuck, look at this traffic. It's not my fucking fault. I don't make traffic. I mean, yeah. technically, he we all do together. He wasn't going to get there in time, anyways, because he couldn't find the house. Because the house doesn't I exist. Mean, also, was fucking with the head. He was ultimately the creepiest character in this whole movie because he was trying to go fuck high school students and the only one who doesn't, who only one who makes it out alive. Like, yeah, really? Japanese culture. Again, the very manly Jap- and handsome Mr. Togo. <laughs> yeah. The man. Oh, yeah. He, he looked like a janitor, like with like dressed up like a day of the beach. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I assumed he was the janitor or like kind of like the groundskeeper of the school. That's what I assumed he was. Yeah. I don't I also, know what he was. I have to say the other weird cultural thing in this movie is like how all cheery they are about arranged marriages. They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's going to get arranged marriage. <laughs> and they're like, joking. Are you so like, excited? So yeah. It's arranged. It's fine. <laughs> sure. He might not have a big dick, but he's got a big bank account. I know that much. <laughs> like, mama wouldn't let me down. It'll be fine. <laughs> the teacher, she was pretty, though. So at least they were, like, you know, going to hook the teacher up, right? I hope. Yeah. I do appreciate that you focus on the the women that should be older than uh, the legal age of yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hyper focus on the teacher and maybe yeah. auntie and Ryoko yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, the, it's the only problem I have with this movie is it makes you feel a little creepy at times because of the whole like underage the girl thing. Like, Nudity, like yeah. yeah, like you said, Holly. It's like they the the actress like I knew they were eighteen because they wouldn't be. I looked it up too in America. <laughs> I, looked them all I, just up. Knew, I was like, they, there was no way you could watch this film in America if it was like, if it was like not you know. That and it's on like I watched it on HBO Max. So like you know, like Warner Brothers has it. Yeah, the, there ain't no 17-year-olds in this fucking film, right? So it's like it, it but well, like you know, the, they used to get kind of fast and loose with that stuff back then. Cause like yeah. this is reminding me of like um what's her name? Brooke Shields. Oh yeah. Appeared naked fully under I think she was like 16 or 17 when she Blue appeared. Lagoon? Uh, yeah, Blue Lagoon and uh, another movie, I think. And she um, did another movie where she was a child prostitute too. That was really creepy. Yeah, and I mean, people have called that out since for sure. But yeah, back in the seventies, they kind of. Well, was it the eighties that that porn star in America was like? They found out she was like fifteen or sixteen or something. Oh, like that. Uh, the chick from uh, Crybaby. Yeah. What's her name? Tracy, Tracy Lord. Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, like you said, dude, they played fast and loose, and like, I, dude, I, I, I still can't believe that Japan's age of consent is still thirteen. I think of, I fucking think of Archer, and if you know the episode where they like they're trying to watch that girl from beginning kidnapped, and and she goes, "Oh, I'm from Germany, where the age of consent is 14. and Archer goes, "What are you, the Alabama of Europe?" And she goes, "In many <laughs> ways, yes," and and you go. And Jap- Japan's one year younger than that. One year younger than that. <laughs> yeah. This just turned yeah. a little creepier in this episode. <laughs> I had to point it out again because it, it, it's the big my my biggest problem in this movie. It's like 
otherwise like the the craziness and the the non-following story and all mm. this shit i enjoy all that the one problem i have with this film is that the aspect of like yeah you know, it seems like a little like eh. I, and it this was is completely gratuitous like none of us asked yeah. for that shit yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I don't think it helped too that even during those scenes like they had like the whole copy and paste uh, like yeah, the aspect red... of it, where it was like constantly yeah. moving across the screen. So you're like, well, I don't really want to look, but like I don't know where my eyes should be going right now because the thing keeps moving anyway. So there's also then you're just trapped where... into it. There's uh, that a uh, couple of scenes where there's supposed to be disembodied parts mm -hmm. floating around, yeah. and it was like head, stomach, just the boobs, and you're <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? And it's uh, yeah, that was I had to like look at that twice. I'm like. <gasps> that's just boobs. <laughs> I, I, I make I make jokes all the time about how you lose a couple world wars and you start getting weird kinks in, in culturally because like Japan and Germany are both known for having some weird like you know oh. sexual activities and I go yeah Germany really likes poop porn and shit like that so it's like and then you go and you go and what country did a lot of those people go to the, like the war criminals they went to Brazil. Brazil has a lot of weird porn also. So it's a, it's a, none of it truly surprises me, but here <laughs> we are. Here we are. Uh. <laughs> Maybe we should have been, we were asking the wrong questions. Like, has anybody checked in Japan lately? What yeah. are those guys up to? <laughs> <laughs> After uh, watching house, they need a checkup. No, it's kidding. <laughs> hey, a little sad. A little wellness check. GPS on Japan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I was just calling Splatterhouse Japan Films <laughs> peak cinema yesterday during Twisted Tuesday. So, yeah. What, get, what about like the whole the fart films? You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. The the yeah. Jap, like the fart themed like horror movies and like a zombie what? ass of the dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That that director I mean, has some uh, some interesting filmography and a weird support system. <laughs> they're like yeah hey, here's the money Go do i mean thing. we we have former twitch streamers farting in jars and that, selling that it for large amounts so. of money so it's i mean america's pretty fucked up too it, i mean true. we all know america's pretty fucked up <laughs> yeah it's true let's be honest with ourselves i appreciate that yeah. <laughs> oh man so holly <sighs> You know, we're at, we're at the end of the month. We got to figure out what the hell we're doing. Ooh, for, okay. Uh, so for, for we're next doing month. another phobia. Right. So uh, maybe we can ask our guests for some input. John Rod, John Rod, what do you guys think? Uh, my name is John. My last name is Johnston. So you're actually getting even closer. <laughs> John Johnston. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that, to be honest, my greatest fear as a human being is heights. I fucking okay. hate heights. So like that like would be my like uh, like you going off of everything. I don't know how well you can like. I don't know where you're gonna go off that horror I, film. I, right? Sounds like I don't have a few ideas. <laughs> so that would be yeah. acrophobia. Yeah. I don't how about like you, that. John? That's a good one. Hmm. I hadn't given thought. Phobia. Hmm. Do you have what big phobia that you personally have to live with? Hmm. I, I'm gonna have to come back around to that. I, I, I think like, if you guys have something that you that could provide some really interesting films, I think if you do clowns, it would be mm -hmm. like, like you could do things like clown. You could do stitches. Stitches is fucking wonderful. If you've never seen I, it, I've Cl seen it. Mm -hmm. Clown is great. Uh, so Clowns. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, you could do Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You uh, could do a lot, like, with that. Um, yeah, basically... I love Killer Clowns from Outer Space. We, we do have kind of, like, our, our shortened list of, like, you know, ideas that we pass around, and that was one of them. Actually, both both of the ones that you mentioned were on our list. Yeah. I We were also talking about Fear of Sex. Uh, what's the name of that? What's the word for that? Uh, that one was Genophobia. You could end back up in Japan for that one, I think. <laughs> uh, we could, you know, you could also do like It Follows. Yeah. Teeth. Contracted. Contracted. Oh, Screen, you would have to do technically. Teeth, right? <laughs> yeah. It's. You could do arachnophobia, just do spider movies. That one's a little bit trickier because there's not as many spider movies. Yeah. You could do arachnophobia. You could do. Really yeah, I mean, one. it's also it would be named after the the theme of yeah. the month. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, like it freaks. It's bad, uh, Big ass spiders. Movie. Which one? Is that bad, uh, the bad Shatner movie with the spiders. Kingdom of the Spiders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This um, you guys, hmm. your heights is a good one because that's an that's a not so touched on one. Yeah, yeah. it makes it real hard to find movies though. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> snakes yeah. on a plane. Snakes on a plane. You know, I uh, you guys are gonna boo at me, but I have never seen snakes on a plane. I've never seen Sharknado either. I've never seen Sharknado either. I've seen Sharknado, but like, I've never seen. I, we have a reoccurring thing with, um, on Murder Moose where we have uh, one of my uh, friends is really terrified of sharks. So we mm-hmm. every time we find a weird shark movie, she comes on and we talk about it. And we're 50 50 with the, the pickings from that one. But <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I've seen a ton of shark movies being advertised on Bloody Disgusting this week. So uh, there's, yeah, that, there's more in the pipeline. The new Alicia Silverstone one comes mm-hmm. out. Uh, where on Friday. Her hus- yeah, her and her husband get stuck on a. Their house gets like like washed into the ocean, and yeah, it looks oh. crazy. There's yeah. also is she going to be in that longer than like ten minutes, or is it going to be like the lodge? It's it's a very <laughs> uh two, the man the lodge is a, a happy happy family friendly uh like the <laughs> cheer up movie that the lodge is. Oh. oh. Take that with your antidepressants. Man, fuck, that movie is uh, not an easy sitting. We get, yeah. There's also Fear of Children. We, we did yeah, they've one. done, they've oh, done that. Yeah, they've done that. Fear of Children. We did a really yeah. good one, too. We did The Bad Seed, the movie from the 50s, which is yeah. surprisingly good. It holds up yeah. hard. And yeah, uh, what else one. did we do? Oh, the birth, uh, Happy Birthday, right? Bloody, bloody Birthday. Bloody Birthday. It was yeah. really good, too. Some kid got, gets hit with a lamp, and that was fun. <laughs> wasn't that your first you know the first uh like a, f- a phobia you guys did there? yes yes it was yeah, and the yeah. very first movie we did was um good night mommy which is a fantastic movie yeah yeah you could, that 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 fucking that film like that phobia you could do a Forever. lot there are tons of like just really fucked up ones i mean you could even do like comedy like ones like what's the one with uh adam scott that was like Oh, was like, uh, with his stepson's evil. Yeah, yeah I like that one. that one. Yeah, and he makes him good with the yeah. power of love. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he's still evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was evil something. I can't remember what yeah. the full title of it was. Evil Seed? I don't fucking know. Now, now we're just the- now we're just combining movies yeah. to make up a title, which might actually be what it is. I don't know. 
All right, we'll figure it out though. We'll we'll do some homework and we'll come up with our next phobia. It's, it's gonna be a surprise. This is what we're doing. Surprise. No, we'll announce it on Twitter. We're we're not. This is the most murder. Mo <laughs> this is the most murder moose thing ever. Just not even telling you what's yeah. next month yet. We're not gonna tell you what's happening uh, next week, but I will tell you what we're doing tomorrow. <laughs> Or, you know, the day that you're probably going to listen to this yeah, because it releases happens. on Thursday. So, guys, this is what's going to be happening uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time, we're going to be doing a watch party on Stream Lounge. And if you are not familiar with Stream Lounge, this is basically one of the partners for our podcast network. Uh, it is basically a Stream Lounge, uh, which is kind of like a combination of, like, you know, Twitch streaming as well as, you know viewing things like Netflix or Shudder. Uh, so basically, all you need to do to sign up is, you know, you have to have an active Netflix subscription because uh, most of the streams that we will be doing are through Netflix, but, it, you know, it creates a room. It'll be a broadcast, uh, and it will sync the playing uh, playtime for everyone that is there. And if you can't make it to the live stream, uh, you can actually find the broadcast after. So it does have, you know, kind of like the VOD that you would have with Twitch. Uh, so it's basically like a free, like a, a legal way for us to do like commentary tracks uh, that are being live streamed. And we'll be doing those every Thursday at 8 p.m. Pacific time. And I know the conjecturing also does theirs on stream lounge as well. Uh, theirs are bi-weekly. Uh, so, at, you know, whenever they have one coming up, I'll let you know about it ahead of time because uh, there's our Saturday nights at the same slot that we are at. But we are on Thursday, so that will start tomorrow. And I cannot wait because, you know, going through the Netflix, uh, you know, directory is always an interesting theme because, you know, there are a lot of movies that I'm like, I don't even know what this is about. And, you know, most of the ones I don't know anything about are foreign, uh, but... You know, a lot of them are sequels, and I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm not going to start there. But yeah. there is one movie on there that I absolutely love, and it's one of my favorite movies released in the past 10 years uh, that is a genre film, and that is Raw, which is a French film released in 2016, uh, which was... Absolutely fantastic. It is, uh, well, I don't want to go too much into the plot, but it is very original. It's a coming of age type story. Uh, and if you've heard of Titan, which I mentioned earlier, that swept up, you know, basically like the French uh, international scene, which is fantastic. It got a release site at the States in October uh, of the prior year, which is a very original body horror movie, uh, which also has. Uh, some other interesting tidbits with cars, uh, which if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. but this director is very unique with her storytelling and just the story and just the things that she's showcasing in her movies, because it's a different direction that we're used to seeing with the genres that she is tackling. So I urge you guys to join us tomorrow, 8 PM Pacific time on stream lounge. Uh, we'll have the link to the website, on our show notes, uh, but it's, you know, free to sign up as long as you open a Netflix subscription and you can follow us on there. Our username is handled with scare and we'll be doing that every Thursday for the foreseeable future. And uh, I'm open to suggestions for what we show. It's not always going to be up to me. We'll take uh, feedback from everyone who is tuning in, but it should be a good time. And I cannot wait to get started here tomorrow, which should be a very entertaining night.
Netflix has a lot of gems that like I, I, I was just talking about it recording last night, like things like uh, The Diary of Jane Doe, which mm-hmm. I still think is one of those films that every horror fan should see. And it's so like underwatched that it is like almost criminal. Right. And the diary or the autopsy? The autopsy. That's autopsy. What autopsy. I know. What you I meant. Say, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Autopsy. I love that film. Yeah. That film is fantastic. Another low budget that does mm-hmm. so much with a low budget and is so cool. So. Yeah, so that will be tomorrow. Rod, I I know you guys usually record uh, earlier in the week. Uh, so why don't you yeah, go ahead start- and let us know, like, what is on the podcast for you guys this week yeah. real quick. So <laughs> our new episode is coming out. is going to be uh, – we're talking about Creep. This mm-hmm. is why I like, did this weird-ass double feature. Um, <laughs> we – we do we do a lot of independent we do a lot of independent and we've been doing less foreign recently we've been mm-hmm. doing a lot of independent stuff um but uh just doing like unique stuff that we find interesting and then we like when we get stoked up for something we just talked about scream last week mm-hmm. the new screen um so uh, our episodes come out the same days as you guys uh and uh that would be thursday yeah, Thursdays. Yep. <laughs> we, Josh has a soundboard that makes fart noises. So there has been a lot of fart noises in the last couple of episodes. And mm. I'm like, Josh, I'll kill you. But like things like that. And it's just, it's very bullshitting and like, like it's very ADHD. We're both ADHD as fuck. So it's like, it's off the wall ADHD. So it's just crazy insanity, good times and just talking about horror. Like, a, what you guys do and just a little more chaotic. Mm-hmm. See, all, all I'm hearing, Rod, is 100% confirmation that you guys need to just do zombie ass of destruction. If, you know, you I guys mean, are going to just, in, in, you know, in, be feel so inclined to include all these heart I, noises in your uh, in your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I I keep, I, I've, I've said the phrase uh, alligator vagina enough times that we have to do <laughs> board police at some Absolutely. point. Absolutely. I need yeah. to be there for that one because that movie. Yeah, yeah. Peak cinema, as I've said. Yeah. <laughs> See, so, ho- yeah, the, the, Holly, yeah. Holly, Holly doesn't know about the the oddities of Japanese Splatter House. All she knows is the a few of the different ways that they've tried to weaponize uh, female sexuality in said boobies. Yeah, that, yeah it's. <laughs> I'm trying to learn. Just think yeah. of Power Rangers, but like with like more vaginas. With alligator vaginas. Yeah, BDSM <laughs> clubs and like real, real, real lo- like bloody scenes. So mm-hmm. and that you just you're, you're there. So. Uh, there you go. I feel like that's the only way to watch Power Rangers. In that genre, I highly recommend Robo Geisha. Oh yes, <laughs> I love that one. I mean, you you can't. It's really hard to go wrong with Splatterhouse movies. <laughs> that and uh, Dead Sushi, another favorite of mine. I haven't seen that one. I no. know about that one. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Well, you know, I think. I think it's time we wrap things up here tonight. Uh, so I want to thank both of our guests, Rod from Murder Moose, as well as John for guessing with us here tonight. It's been a pleasure trying to, uh, I wouldn't say make sense of Haosu just because like there is actually no making sense of it, but just having a conversation about it because what, what an interesting and different approach to cinema just as a whole, knowing how much shit is thrown at the wall directly at you in this case so uh it's been an absolute blast so thank you so much for coming on the show and there's a warning there is no poop play in this movie just the the, he might have thrown you off a little bit also i have to ask i heard we still haven't figured out t's name are we are we no no holly holly got it 
Oh, did she? It's because I, I gave, I, I, I gave okay. her such okay. a, like, an obvious 50-50. <laughs> she gave me basically four <laughs> names to pick from, and then I picked three that weren't it, and then by process of elimination, I got his name. So... <laughs> okay, cool. I th th I was I wanted to chuck names at the wall. I, like I'm gonna leave it mysterious for me. Oh. I'll go find that. Episode okay. at some Why don't you try a few and then we'll see if you get it. Nah, <laughs> I, I I don't want to like just like be get screamed at by the, the, the no. Actually, Tumbly Drunk is my 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 real name. I actually changed it legally. Uh, nice. I, I approve. It's badly scribbled on his birth certificate, and his mom's very upset. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, With who man. who is this? <laughs> I mean, no one calls me about anything else, so I don't know why why everyone makes such a big deal about it. God. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a big deal. <laughs> That's who I am now. I uh, I have lived the persona a lot enough uh, to to know my true identity. But anyways, all right. If you guys are looking to contact the show, of course you can do so on all the different platforms. Uh, I started a TikTok for the podcast. That's been interesting. I have to download TikTok. Uh, now. No, no, you don't have to. That's just me fucking around with the uh, new ways to try to get more people to check out the show. Uh, but we do have a Patreon where you could, you know, pledge one dollar a month and unlock any number of perks, including being able to select uh, new films for us to talk about on a podcast, as well as maybe even selecting our selected phobia, which is up in the air for February <laughs> until uh, we say otherwise. But we'll obviously have something. Uh, so, you know, find us there. But primarily, we're on Twitter at HandleWithScare. And you can contact the show via email at HandleWithScarePod at gmail.com. But for now, thank you so much for joining us here tonight on Handle with Scare. This has been episode 44. Trying to uh, just break down or just emotionally break down everything that happens in Haosu. <laughs> like, it's it's been a ride John, Rod, and Holly, thank you so much, and we'll see you guys back next week.